Uh, here we are in another now moment with an amazing new guest I'm excited to dive into. Thank you so much for being here, Jesse. I just love your energy and I'm excited to, to talk all things projector today. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Sarah. I'm so honored to be here in this space with you. Mm, so, so good. So before we get started, let's kind of dive in and ground our bodies and uh, experience this now moment. So when you're ready, gently closing your eyes, allowing yourself to let go of anything that isn't serving you right here, right now. And when you're ready, inhaling through your nose, exhaling, inhaling, exhaling, inhaling, exhaling, Dolce ya bogio con de chuye bu te ule chie ya bucha te ya ule che bu Allowing this energy to create the space and the awareness that you are seeking and creating right here in this now moment. Allowing yourself to come back into this present moment in your body, connecting with this energy. And when you're ready, gently opening your eyes, coming back to the space. <sighs> that was beautiful, Sarah. Can all podcast interviews start like that? Yeah, well, this one definitely does. I know. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, it's fun to just kind of tune into our bodies and allow ourselves to just hear what our bodies are seeking in that moment. So so, so beautiful. So let's dive into you and kind of how you got into learning about being a projector and kind of take us on that journey of how it started and how it's going. <laughs> yeah. So to keep this or to try to keep this as linear as possible, I would say my my first big inspiration in life and how I got started on the trajectory that I'm on now um, was my sister because I grew up um, I'm the oldest child of five and I grew up seeing the challenges and the, the struggles that my sister had um, with her health. She has seizures, she has cerebral palsy. She went through this journey of us not knowing what was going on with her. And, you know, uh, despite all those things or not despite, it's probably not the right word, but, but through that journey, she maintained such an innocence and such a loving nature to her that she was always, um, yeah, she was my inspiration. So from the time I was really young, I identified on some level with being a healer and wanting to help people, especially with their physical bodies in that way. 
And then when I was about 15, I had um, an accident of my own. I was uh, riding a horse. I was really into horseback riding back then. And I fractured and dislocated my elbow. So I was in physical therapy for a long time myself. And I went on my own body healing journey. And this really jump-started my interest in health and wellness and all of those things, because I couldn't do a lot of the sports and a lot of the activities that I had done previously. So I had to get creative. And then in college, I was so ambitious. I was always really good at school, which I think ties into the projector thing. I, I have a huge capacity to learn and to hold information and to sit still while I do that, which is not conducive for everybody, right? But for me, school seemed to come very naturally to me. So I knew that I wanted to go through the seven-year process to get a doctorate in physical therapy. And I was so certain that that was my path. And I was very passionate about the human body. And then when I graduated from physical therapy school and I entered into the working world, I very quickly realized I could not keep up. I started having a lot of health issues. Um, it became really hard to balance my hormones. I was having a lot of injuries that I hadn't had previously. I just felt fatigued and anxious and depressed. And there was other things going on in my life too, for sure. But it really started this journey of seeking for me because I was wondering how was it that I could keep up with school for seven years without skipping a beat, but then being in the quote unquote real world and interacting with real live human beings and giving my energy to them. Why did it seem like I couldn't do that? Why was it draining me so much? And so there was this element of seeking for myself. And there was also an element of seeking for others because I was also noticing in all these different settings that I was working in that the common theme that I was seeing is that there was some, some phenomenon that was happening that wasn't physical, right? Um, I started noticing that different people needed to be communicated to in different ways or different cues worked for different people better or even different types of exercises worked for different people or different type of lifestyle modalities worked for some and not others or some people had this ability to have a lot of willpower and kind of keep themselves going and other people needed a lot of motivation. And so I was really experimenting with that, of like tapping into other people's energies, so to speak, even though I didn't know that's what I was doing back then, that's kind of what I was doing. So I w went on a journey myself and one of the first uh, modalities that I discovered was Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. And I read, you are the placebo and becoming supernatural. And I consumed so much of his teachings about how we heal ourselves and the energetic natures of healing. And I found Dr. David Hawkins work and the levels of consciousness and how basically we're all perceiving reality differently, which was mind blowing to me, but I still felt like there was an element that was missing, so to speak, something that I couldn't quite explain. So I was also getting into Eastern philosophy at this time and getting into yoga. And I found um, these two mentors who are still my mentors to this day. And I went to one of their, actually it was their first in-person retreat. And at that in-person retreat, they did a whole day that was dedicated to human design. And I was kind of skeptical at first, which I think 
most people are, especially me coming from like a logical scientific background. Um, but what really drew me in about human design was how it very much blended these mystical elements with these very logical scientific elements and was like this master system that, that had different wisdoms from all these different systems, quantum physics, astrology, the I Ching, all these different things like a conglomerate of all these different uh, ways to describe our reality. So, you know, so then I was texting my mom for my birth time or whatever, and um, they were describing all these, the, the four or the five main energy types or the, the thing that you are probably exposed to when you first look up your human design chart. And I remember then when I heard the description of a projector, I'm like, man, I really would not be surprised if that's me. And sure enough, my chart came back and I'm a, I found out I was a projector and basically projectors are here. They're the newest type, uh, the newest aura type in human design. And they're not here to generate energy. They're here to be the stewards and the guides of that energy. And that just, it's like, everything in my life kind of was starting to make sense why I was having these health problems and how I was able to really tap into and read other people's energies and how I really loved learning and teaching, but the actual going out and executing tasks was really, really hard for me. Um, and from there, to be honest, it was as though human design kind of just started transforming me at a cellular level. And um, I just started like consuming everything that I could human design related. And it, uh, from there, it's just kind of led me on this really interesting journey where I have evaluated pretty much everything that I thought that I want, um, because there's also a huge element in human design of, of evaluating where in your life you're conditioned by your parents, your friends, society, school, and where you took on all these energies and ideas that maybe aren't in alignment with your true nature. Um, and so in these past two and a half, three years, it's really interesting to see my trajectory of like where I thought my life was going and where it is now and how I am much more you know, I'm, I'm happier and I feel much more like me in a sense, um, even though this is not what I thought in a million years would be my life, you know, living a nomadic lifestyle and um, working mostly online and all these sorts of things. But to me, human design is the ultimate invitation to lean into our uniqueness and into, you know, that flow of um, you know, what in my life is actually easy for me? What actually, you know, brings me joy and in leaning into those things rather than the ideas that we have about what would make us successful? Ah, oh, wow. That was so amazing because, I mean, the one thing that I really liked about what you shared was like your scientific background, because there's so many people that are out there today that are following science and they're like, this is the way it is. And for you to then kind of learn all these things, but then be presented with another thing. And then you're able to like navigate it and really 
flow with it is just remarkable. And it shows what is possible in every human. Yeah. One of my main life mottos is to be skeptical of my own skepticism. Because if we're going to actually call ourselves scientists, that means to me, the actual experimentation with those elements ourselves, rather than blindly accepting what another quote unquote scientist says, right? Um, Because there is so much, there's so much out there right now that we really have to like, you, you can like, when you get down to the elements and the bones of it, you're like, okay, this was built on a shaky foundation, even though it's under the guise of science. So to me, it's really important for us to know and have our own discernment. And to me, human design is one of those ways that we can do that. It's the way that we tap into the wisdom of ourselves and of our bodies, of our forms, the vessels that we're here to nourish in this lifetime. And it helps us discern truth from falsehood and integrity from non-integrity in a world of everybody's trying to be a teacher and everybody's trying to be a guru. Yes, I so, so feel that. And so the question that's coming up now is like, so having all of those experiences and then tapping into like, what was the, how did you start becoming living the projector life? Because essentially Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of projectors out there that Mm -hmm. still feel like they need to explain themselves and Mm -hmm. and do the work and all these things. So how can you share with the projectors out there, like how you started this process and what advice you could give them Mm -hmm. um, to create that? Yeah, this is very real for me because when I first learned this, I was working as a physical therapist in a level one trauma hospital and I was working 50 to 60 hours a week and I was grinding. And my first reaction was, okay, so I learned that as a projector, you know, the joke is you're not really here to work. Okay, but what do I do with that information? So there are some people who take a really radical approach to human design and they just start quitting everything. Like they just quit their job and quit relationships and quit things and basically like trust fall into the universe. Um, I'm not, I don't operate like that. And it's funny because even within my design, it says I don't operate like that fourth line, fourth, fourth line profiles. We like to have a a five-step plan and we like to have, um, you know, a backup. And that's why we're opportunists. It's like, oh, we don't leave this opportunity until there's another one. So for me, I knew I wasn't going to do that. Um, so I asked myself, okay, in this situation that I'm in now, how can I in small ways throughout the day embody being a projector and, If I do that, will it open up just enough space in my life for another opportunity to come in that will allow me to operate even more like projector and then so on. So what I started doing is I just like I'd come into the office in the morning and instead of trying to like initiate conversations and being like, okay, what's the plan for today and what are we doing and trying to collaborate all these things, I literally walk in and I would just sit down and and I would wait for somebody to talk to me first. And then you know, a lot of my, a lot of my role in that job, because it was a pediatric hospital, was educating parents. And I realized how much work I was doing for the parents where my role was more to literally be a guide for them. So I started like being like, okay, how can I delegate tasks? How can I really empower parents to 
be more active in the sessions? How can I use support staff to help me when there's a lot of physical manual work, right? So I just literally like, I went into work with this mindset of instead of what is everything that I have to do today? What is everything, you know, who are all the people I have to give to today? And I thought, what can I receive from today? What can I learn from today, right? Because as projectors, we receive energy, we're stewards of energy and we're stewards of information. So I, I shifted my mindset on it. And sure enough, about three to four weeks into that experiment, I was reached out to by um, a friend of mine who I hadn't spoken to in years, who had told me, hey, I just became the clinic director of this, this new clinic. And um, I know your skills, I know your interests, you're kind of exactly the fit that I'm looking for. Would you be willing to talk to me about, uh, you know, possibly working for me? And I was like, yeah, let's have a conversation. So I ended up leaving and working there for about five months, um, which, you know, isn't that long of a time, but just shifting to that job gave me just a little bit more space in my life um, to really study the things that I was becoming more interested in. And then after, uh, five months at that job, I got kind of an invitation to leave that job and to start teaching human design online. And then since then, it's just like, I only go where the invitations are essentially. And it's really funny because the mind will tell you that we'll, we'll come up with all these excuses and all these reasons why it's not safe to do that. But um, it's, it's really funny to look back at it in hindsight and see how in every new step that I took, I was so taken care of. Yeah, that's such a good example to share that, you know, I mean, by just trusting this unknown, right? Because it's mm -hmm. like, okay, I know that there is, I'm designed this way. And the more that I live in the way of my design, I can make life easy, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel mm -hmm. like for the projector, I think it can get tricky because like they aren't the energy type. Whereas for me, like being a manifesting generator, like I'm also an opportunist, but I may have more energy than mm -hmm. say you to be able to have those opportunities. And so it's a different way to shift our perspective and kind of look at it and, and navigate it in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as a manifesting generator, there's a million things to respond to in any given day. Right. And it's sometimes it's as simple as tapping into that, tapping into your gut, into your sickle response and asking yourself, is this something that's kind of lighting the fire in me or not? Um, not to say that that's easy by any means. I've definitely seen generators and manifesting generators who have gone through their own awakening process with that. Um, but yeah, with projectors, we tend to have a, a longer process because invitations can be so specific. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so now like as you shifted and, and are teaching human design, like what things have you learned about yourself in the process of teaching another and like do you have even more space now than you did mm. and how is your life like is it more flowy like is it effortless even more like you know share more of the of what has happened since you've made mm. this transition yeah you know it's interesting because projectors another joke about 
about projectors is that we're really good at seeing other people, but we have a huge blind spot about ourselves. You know, uh, generators and manifesting generators, they're really here to know who they are. Like their existential question is, who am I? And for projectors, our existential question is, who is the other? So it's fascinating to see my journey of, in the beginning, I was using the information for myself, but I was diving way deeper into my family's charts and my clients' charts. And I would know their specifics really, really well. And it took me like two years to really sit down and be like, Jesse, we are going to go over like all of the details of your chart. And it actually has taken like me hiring other people to help me actually look at myself. Um, but what I have really learned about myself is just how, you know, how much of a blessing it gets to be for me that I get to experience so many different types of energies and so many different types of people and so many viewpoints and, and opinions and different identities and um, that there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I think we're often taught that oh, we have to have an opinion about everything or we have to be so sure that we know who we are. And now I get to be on this journey of, you know, I don't necessarily have to know who I am in order to enjoy my life and see the richness of it and have gratitude for it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and I think as a projector, like understanding your role, right. Cause there's only like 20% of you in the world mm -hmm. is a projector. And so like, mm -hmm. if you're here to guide the other energy sources, like technically you're not really here to just, discover anything about yourself, but more about the guide of being and getting into that flow and, and creating this new evolution of how we operate as human mm -hmm. beings. Yeah, it's such a trip. Sometimes my partner is also a manifesting generator. And he also has a defined heart, which adds a whole other element to it. But it amazes me how in in tune he is with his own desires because he's also he has a lot of tribal circuitry in his design so he's designed to like have very specific wants and a and a desire to draw in resources in order to like fuel his community and i don't have that so a lot of times i don't know what i want until it kind of just comes to me so it's funny because even you know, just looking at like a lot of the mainstream practices like manifestation and, and things like that, like they can definitely be really beautiful for some people. And then for someone like me, I used to drive myself crazy, like making all these like vision boards and writing these lists and these affirmations only to like actually achieve those things because like manifestation does work. You know, it's like to achieve those things and realize like, oh, like, I don't think I actually want that. <laughs> and then the times I've actually just like surrendered to the flow and just focus on being around people who feel good to me and like almost being led to the things that are for me. I'm like, okay, like this is actually what I want. I just didn't know it because I don't have like the clear vision that other people might have. So it, it's, it's great to see that we're coming into a time now where individuality and uniqueness is really being fostered. And I think this is like the emergence of the divine feminine and letting ourselves be in the flow. And, you know, we're exiting a time that was like really 
built on being strategic and planning and making sure we have structures in place and having all these beautiful healing modalities that are like, this is the one way to heal yourself. And now we're like in a time where we're like, there's an abundance of different avenues and you have a way that you can tap into yourself to figure out which one of those ways is best for you. Mm, Yeah. To make life more effortless and, Mm -hmm. and how you're meant to, cause it's like, I think we've, we've just been kind of programmed to live life in a way that's hard and, and grind, grind, grind. And, you know, all these things, I mean, even for me, like I'm learning this as a manifesting generator, like you said, sometimes it's actually hard to respond. Like, and as a manifesting generator, I love multiple things. So I'm like, Oh, Mm -hmm. I like this. I like this. I like this, like this. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, did I do too many yeses? But you don't actually have to follow every project out. It can just be like, okay, it's just here and here and here. And, and understanding that it's okay. Because like now understand, like, I'm sure you're probably going back in time when you were a kid and you're like, Hmm, why was it that like this was happening or, you know, why, like for me, I didn't like school because obviously it was like, Oh, I want to be told to sit still. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, well, I want more things happening. So it's just fascinating how this modality is here and it, it's exciting to see more and more people diving into this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and especially like the nuance for you specifically of being a two, four profile and being a manifesting generator. And uh, I I've seen so oftentimes with this combination, you know, hearing that same story of school just did not traditional schooling did not serve me. And we were chatting a little bit before we started recording about the two, four profile. And you were like, Oh, I'm trying to balance, you know, being a hermit, being an opportunist and, and all those things. And, um, I will say that the language of human design is like very, it, it was very intentional to, to kind of like get your cells to come online to like literally let the, the transmission of human design in, infuse you. That being said, some of the language can be kind of confusing at a cognitive level um, because with the hermit, a lot of people think like, oh, this means that I need to like have all this alone time and like literally be a hermit, right? Um, the way I think of it though is like, the two, which is the hermit, is here to be the opposite of the one, which is the investigator. So the investigator learns about itself through studying the world, and the hermit learns about the world by going within. So it's not that, like, you're destined to, like, be alone and live this hermit life. It's more that, like, the way that you learn is literally just, like, being naturally you. Mm, that is so so good (laughs) sometimes by like taking a hermit phase it can like help you get in touch with that again but ultimately another part of the hermit is like you get people are always kind of like curious about what you're doing because it's like alluring they're like what were you doing when you were alone so you like will get called out into the into the world to like share your naturalness with people yeah, that's like so what's been happening recently. I've really been having this, um, you know, kind of inward journey where I'm like looking at what I've created 
And I'm like, okay, I'm ready for more. And mm -hmm. I'm being called inward to create mm -hmm. that more. And mm -hmm. then like, yeah, like when I'm like, oh, I'm just like hanging out, watching the trees and people are like, well, what were you doing? Like, they're like yep. asking, you know, and I'm like, well, I haven't processed it yet, but okay. You know, so yep. totally makes sense what you're saying. Like, and then the opportunity of like, oh, I want to share. And like, I want this like extreme, mm -hmm. you know, these experiences. So that's totally, um, I love that. Thank you so much for, mm -hmm. for sharing that. And so with everything that you have learned and the different designs and all these things, like how can people, you know, receive a reading for you? What are the things that you're offering to help people kind of dive more into their charts? Yeah. So, you know, it's funny right now, I actually have no formal offerings. I started this radical experiment about a month ago where I just decided that I was going to put my website just back into construction. And if people wanted to work with me, they could just DM me and invite me into whatever it is they felt like they were called to have uh, my services with. Um, and it's been really, been a really interesting and enlivening experience so far. So I would say if you're at all interested in human design, I definitely do foundational readings and, and things like that too. If this is like your first taste of it. The best way to get in touch with, with me would either be on Instagram. My handle is at joyfullyhuman. No periods, no underscores. It's just joyfullyhuman. And then um, you can also email me, which I know is like so old-fashioned these days. But you can email me at um, jesse at joyfullyhuman.online. And I really love interacting with people as well to kind of see what their specific needs are before we decide like if we're a good fit, if I can help you with what you're looking for, that sort of thing. So um, I invite you to reach out if you're at all in the least bit curious about what human design is all about. Mm, I love it. Like really stepping into that projector self of just like waiting for those invitations and, and trusting yeah. that you know, you are supported and you are people at places and things are coming to you based on, based on that. So I love that. Mm -hmm. uh, and before we end, like, I would love to close with an ohm with you just to mm -hmm. kind of like center this, um, this conversation and kind of allow what's being transmuted for us and for the audience so that they can kind of receive this, this blessing that we have given today. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So I'll start with, we'll just take a bit, one big inhale and then we'll ohm to close. Alrighty. Gently closing your eyes when you're ready, inhaling. Oh. Delight in me honors the light in you. Namaste. Thank Namaste. you, Jesse. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. So good.